The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman is brought to you by Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility and by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation, Green Mountain Power, Concept2, Norwich Solar Technologies, The Alchemist Brewery, Let's Grow Kids, UVM Medical Center, and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. We're continuing our coverage of the coronavirus crisis by having with us today Congressman Peter Welch. Uh, Congressman Welch, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Oh, thank you. It's good to be on there. Enjoyed listening to your brother. <laughs> Me too. Um, I am always uh, enlightened uh, by him from a very young age. But let me turn to what is happening in Washington. You've been uh, traveling around the state reporting to Vermonters uh, what Congress, what actions Congress is taking. Uh, give us an update. Well, let me start by just acknowledging how stunning it it is the world we're in. Uh, really, none of us had any idea that we'd be contending with this coronavirus and the extraordinary health risk and economic dislocation uh, that we're trying to address uh, three weeks ago. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning and shocking. And uh, everybody's worried uh, because we're worried about uh, whether we're going to get sick. But I think we're most worried about whether somebody we know and love is going to get sick. And the statistics indicate that there's a high likelihood that all of us will know somebody who gets the illness, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best. But I think what's happened in Washington is this. There was a slow response, a little bit of denial, kind of a cavalier attitude, I think, initially by the Trump administration. And it's been displaced by uh, a sense of urgency and action. And you saw that uh, at the federal level with the president declaring a state of national emergency. And I can't remember that having been done. And that indicates uh, how serious folks are taking it. And, of course, at the state, Governor Scott has, I think, I think been doing a very good job uh, mobilizing people and conveying a sense of urgency but also a sense of calm. So there's two things that we have to address, and then I'll stop. One, obviously, is what do we have to do to get healthy? And there's a strong uh, recognition that the social distancing is absolutely essential in order for us uh, to control the rate of growth of the virus. Number two, the implementation of that social distancing has enormous impacts on the economy, and we're seeing it with you know, the Dow Jones is down 32% in three weeks. It's 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 just wiped out all these gains that uh, were making everybody excited. But beyond that, and more importantly, folks who work, especially paycheck to paycheck, a lot of their businesses are, are down. Uh, you know, individual people, I got a note from a massage therapist uh, who, what is she going to do? Uh, we, all the folks that work in restaurants uh, in craft brewing. What are they going to do? So this is enormous, enormous dislocation. And what we're trying to do now, uh, be very quick on this, and then we can open up to your questions, is have an economic response. Number one, we got $8.3 billion back to the states to help them with the health care needs. We're trying to get money up for 
testing kits. We're way behind on that. Personal protective equipment that our medical folks uh, on the front lines need. And God bless our healthcare workers because they're showing up for work. They're not quarantining. They're walking into the eye of the storm. The second package we passed in the House, and it's now being considered by the senators to try to provide some immediate relief to individuals, uh, especially those folks paycheck to paycheck, unemployment benefits with uh, no questions asked when it's related to the virus, Uh, family leave uh, for two weeks if you're in self-quarantine. And in the House, we passed it that it added another 10 weeks for a total of 12 if you were out sick uh, for the coronavirus or you were taking care of a family member who was. I'm really upset that in the Senate they've pared that back so it's only if you're home taking care of a child who isn't in school because school has been canceled. Um, uh, We have extended Medicaid to help the states provide coverage for folks ill as a result of the coronavirus. Um, So these are some of the things we're doing now or have done. And then the third is going to be the massive stimulus package that the that the president and, Cong- and Congress is talking about, and the shape of that is just starting to get designed. Now, the bill that the House moved on to the Senate, and I realize this is uh, very fluid. I mean, the, any conversation we we have about these issues seems to change, you know, almost 180 in 24 hours. But there has been some criticism that it left a large number of workers. Uh, who were, you know, eligible for paid family leave in this, um, uncovered. Uh, the That's New York right. Times reported 80% of workers would not be covered. Explain how the Democrats in the House ended up passing that. Well, two things. Number one, uh, there were some errors. It was done very, very quickly. That Times editorial, I think, uh, pointed out some of the flaws, but it overstated them. But the bottom line here is that we then made, quote, technical corrections, because the goal of the House bill, uh, as you rightly point out, it should be, uh, or that's implicit in your question, to basically provide the family leave and uh, unemployment coverage for everybody who's affected by the, the, the coronavirus. There was a debate with the Republicans on this particular issue of the 500-plus, um, the, the large employers, many of whom already have sick leave. So the amendment that was made by them would take them out of it, but the the reality is about 86% of the people who work there would be covered by the existing uh, paid family leave policy. But bottom line, my view, my view on this, whether you work for a small business where they really don't have uh, the financial balance sheet uh, to accommodate uh, this crisis or a big company that has more flexibility, when it comes to this virus, which is a national emergency and where in order to protect the public health, you actually have to have workers who get symptoms, not trying to work through it as Vermonters would normally do, Uh, but then by doing so, expose others to the illness. I think we at the federal level should be picking up that cost. That's fundamentally what the federal government is here for, is to be a backstop uh, to the states when you have a crisis like this. So large employer, small employer, if it's a COVID-19 case, my view of the sick leave should be paid for by the federal government. 
Hmm. Um, for our listeners, you're listening to the Vermont Conversation. We're speaking this half hour with uh, Vermont Congress member Peter Welch. If you want to join this conversation, give us a call at 244-1777 or toll-free 877-291-8255. Um, right now, President Trump is talking about sending a check to Eligible Americans, uh, we heard $1,000 yesterday. Today, I think I'm reading $2,000. So uh, just a month ago, we were hearing presidential candidate Andrew Yang float the idea of a universal basic income uh, of $1,000. I think it was, was it a month or a year? I'm not sure. And getting laughed at. And here we now have President Trump talking about what is essentially an element of a universal basic income. Um, is that what's going on here? It is. I mean, it's in response uh, to this extraordinary crisis. I mean, think about it, David. People can't go to work. You know, the 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 the, the social distancing that we have to uh, implement means that people can't show up at work, and some people uh, telecommute. They can work at home and they can maintain productivity, but a lot can't. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about this local restaurant. Margaret and I usually go there once a week, date night, and we love it. And uh, we get to know the wait staff, and most of those people, it's a second job. They've got... And what are they going to do? The restaurants are closed. Um, so that's why this check, which I think is a good idea, uh, is radical as it was, is now being considered by uh, President Trump. Um, let's get a couple of callers who have queued up here. Uh, we've got Jim calling from Barry. Jim, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. <clears throat> Hi, how are you both both today? Uh, Congressman, I, I got a, the opportunity to speak to you last week over in Lindenville, and I commended you on taking the high road um, and preaching civility. Yeah. I want to commend you again for what uh, you said on um, – David Graham show the other day when he tried to bait you to attack the president. You said this is not a time for criticism. I really well, hope that you'll you will promote that because that is so important now. I, I just think that this this thing cannot be politicized. We need the government to tell us to do stuff and have us believe that, that that's the right thing to do and not think it's politically motivated. I really commend you for taking the high road. Well, I gotta say, uh, I mean that that uh, that David Graham's a little devil sometimes. You know, you gotta be careful. <laughs> but uh, you're right on this. All right, this is an all hands on. Let me be let me be blunt. I am fearing that this downturn could match or exceed what we had in '08 and '09. And what is so tough about this is that we're getting pressure on our economy on two sides. One is the supply side, just producing goods, where we've got this global supply chain. And we depend for our work here on products and parts that come from China. Well, they're not coming. A lot of those factories have been closed down. Uh, some are starting to open up, but we can't do the finished work here. But then second, with this collapse uh, and the social distancing the consumer economy is really uh, – the demand side is getting really whacked. Uh, people aren't able to go out to eat. They aren't able uh, to buy things. They aren't going to stores. So we're getting squeezed on both sides, and there's not a playbook 
to address this. You know, in the past, we'd lower interest rates, but we're already at zero. So what we do and how we do it has got to be an all-hands-on-deck. My view is there will be some arguments, policy arguments, uh, which I hope we we resolve. But my focus is that we've got to have our our priority be the paycheck-to-paycheck worker and folks who, you know, are disabled and, and depend on uh, some uh, government support. But the paycheck-to-paycheck folks are the ones that have the most economic anxiety along with the health care anxiety. But I'll, I'll do my best to keep it level and keep it on the issues and keep it on protecting uh, the people we represent. And your point really displays the fact that this illness – it, it it plays no favorites. Republican, Democrat, Independent, it just doesn't matter. So I do agree that we've got to keep it civil to make progress. Are you concerned, Congressman Welch, about, uh, you know, there's a, a well-known book, The Shock Doctrine, by author Naomi Klein, in which she describes things getting rammed through under the guise of a crisis. Uh, are you worried about, you know, tax cuts or sort of, you know, traditional, you know, very conservative things? I mean, these this payroll tax cut, we understand that's the tax that funds Medicare and Medicaid, uh, you know, things that would uh, just get slipped by us at this moment. Yeah, I am. I mean, just of course I am. I mean, think about it, David. We left Congress. We voted at 1 a.m. On, on Saturday, okay, on this second relief package that gets back to individuals. We were supposed to come back to Congress next Monday. We're told we're not going back Monday, and we have no idea when we're returning. Meanwhile, there is feverish work being done uh, in the Speaker's office and Senator Schumer's office and with the White House uh, on an economic package, and that includes Senator McConnell. So we're gonna, we have regular telephone conferences but we're not even there in the regular committee process to keep our eyes and ears open and to keep an eye on things that are uh, being done in the name of relief, which are ultimately in the name of self-interest. So obviously all of us will be doing our level best, but it's at some disadvantage when we're each in our district and not in the Capitol. That's always a challenge. But bottom line here, the kind of calls I get from Vermonters uh, – who are trying to figure out how in the world they're going to make it with no paycheck. Those calls are going to my Republican colleagues as well. I mean, working people uh, all over this country are the most uh, – they're in the greatest jeopardy by far. And frankly, I think, well, the coronavirus, according to the statistics, it's older people that have the highest mortality rates, so they face the greatest health care danger. The greatest long-term economic danger is for – uh, working people who are trying or can't make the rent payment, they can't make the mortgage payment, uh, and that's what really concerns me. Because we'll get through this, but I don't want people to come out of this uh, with their credit wrecked, uh, with uh, an eviction. I mean, things that are just really uh, dire. Uh, so we've got to do our best to work together and acknowledge that this is a huge. Uh, challenge and a huge crisis and a huge threat. And my position here is that we've got a choice. We can err on the side of doing too much too soon, or we can err on the side of doing too little too late. In my view, more soon is better 
than less late. Let's get another caller here. Mark is calling from Middlesex. Mark, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Yeah, thanks. I wish I could have spoken with uh, your brother there, but uh, maybe uh, Senator Welsh knows. Uh... You got some background there. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, why don't you just ask your question uh, real quick, and we'll okay, let Congressman Yeah, I wish know. I could have spoken with the doctor there. Um, maybe you know, uh, Peter, um, what, to what degree of uh, infection uh, does there have to be? Do there, there, does there have to be outward uh, symptoms of uh, this virus um, in order to be picked up by the antibodies being able to be picked up by these? Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I mean let's, well, let's not ask the politicians health care questions, but I think you can go to the uh, Vermont Department of Health website because they have pretty good information, and I was on with the de- deputy director um, on a on a program yesterday, and she was terrific. And she's the one you could have asked uh, uh, questions of. But uh, let's not ask politicians uh, healthcare questions. <laughs> okay, um, Congressman Welch. Uh, while it may seem uh, distant from us right now, this is still an election year. Uh, yesterday was what would normally be a big news day in in the primaries with a, a bunch of primaries, all of which were won by uh, former Vice President Biden. Is there a future path for Bernie Sanders? Uh, well, as we know, he announced that he's reassessing uh, his his situation right now. I mean, what he what that indicates is what we all know. Uh, Biden has a firm grip on the nomination. So it's very hard to see a way in which that'll be turned around, particularly in the the situation where uh, the states that are coming up are more favorable to the vice president than to Bernie. And with the coronavirus topic really uh, dominating the news. So Bernie's going to reassess. But whatever he decides, let's uh, understand something. This debate in the Democratic primary was largely on issues that Bernie Sanders led on. And all of the candidates were uh, essentially adopting uh, his agenda, even if they didn't go along with what would be regarded as his most liberal prescriptions for how to achieve that. But think about it. We had in the in the in the Democratic side, the debate was between single payer, which he and Elizabeth Warren advocated, and the public option, which is something we couldn't get in the Affordable Care Act, came up short in the Senate. But that is incredible because a public option, even if it's not Medicare for all, is a tremendous step forward. And the focus on uh, relief for students, the focus on income inequality, all these are things that Bernie championed, and they injected themselves into the center of the debate. So whatever Bernie decides, Bernie's accomplished a lot. Do you think that he should pull out at this point? Let's let him decide. You know, he's a practical person. Um, And what he said from day one is that the number one mission uh, is to defeat President Trump. So uh, I trust him to make the the right decision, but I'll let him make it. He's earned that opportunity. What impact do you think the pandemic will have on the 2020 presidential election? Well, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the center of people's concern uh, because I think it's both about our health and safety, but it's also about the economy. Um, And, uh, you know, we're 
we're the statistics that come out are always lagging, but just being out and around and as you know, people aren't people are in their homes. They're not able to go to work. Our schools are shut down. Um, our, our all of our service industries. Uh, there's going to be massive unemployment from that. So this is going to be what dominates everyday concerns of of everyday people. Uh, are we are people who need it getting access to the health care they need? What about our incomes collapsing? What's going to be the governmental response? And this is a time when you absolutely have to have a governmental response. Uh, you know, the private sector can't is is getting whacked. Think about our airline industry. You know, they're going to be canceling like seventy percent of their flights. Uh, the, the the hotel and tourism industry uh, that's so important to our economy here. It's just one cancellation after another. So that's going to dominate. And how that plays out, I don't know. But it's not a situation where all you have to do is pass another tax cut, which is, has tended to be uh, the Republican approach to just about everything. Do you worry, based on what you've seen thus far in the handling of the coronavirus crisis, that this administration is up to the challenge? Um, you know, I think the two things that the president will look back and wish he'd done somewhat differently uh, were, number one, uh, get a quicker start, uh, and number two, uh, defer to the medical folks like Dr. Fauci, because we lost a little bit of time. But we're now all in, and that caller before is right. Um, we are in such a state of urgency that all of our energy, my view, has to go on how best to respond. And 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 there'll be plenty of time in that debate between our nominee, likely Joe Biden, and President Trump to talk about accountability, uh, which is a totally legitimate topic. What did the Trump administration do? and what should it have done, and the future. So, you know, in my job right now, I'm going to focus all I can on trying to get things done that help the folks here in Vermont because it's really, really serious. We just can't underestimate that. And it's why it's good to be working with Governor Scott on this. I mean, he is mobilizing our efforts here, and our job at Washington is to be a partner to our state and local communities and our healthcare providers. So all of my energy is about what can we do to be helpful so that you and the state, uh, you, you Governor Scott and the folks in the state government and our healthcare providers, and God bless them, they're on the front lines walking into that eye of the storm. How can it make you successful? And finally, Congressman Welch, um, these are extraordinary times. Many people are listening to this in their homes, not thinking they would be home today. People are afraid. They are uncertain of mm -hmm. what lies ahead. What is your message to Vermonters? Well, two things. All right. Number one, let's all follow the advice that we get about staying in place as best as we can. Uh, number two, even if we're socially isolated, and a great woman by the name of Sue Mentor used this phrase the other day, we don't have to be emotionally isolated. Uh, so reach out. You know, if you're feeling bad, one of the good things to do is realize that um, your neighbors, your friends are feeling somewhat anxious. Take the initiative. 
and call and talk. What's going on? How you feeling? Because we do need to talk and share on this because there's got to be solidarity to get through this. And uh, that's what those are. Those are my recommendations. Okay. Well, Congressman Peter Welch, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Vermont Conversation. Thank you. That does it for this week's Vermont Conversation. You can hear this and all shows at vermontconversation.com. I'm David Goodman. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 for another Vermont Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by... Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. The Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp, using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. And nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit.